Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. All right. Let's clap our hands as we go back to our, our seats. Please, you can have your seat. Glory of God. God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. It's a privilege to bring God's word to us this evening. And um, I know that by God's grace, you're going to be blessed. Amen. We want to continue and finish the teachings on the surrendered life. We are talking about how to obtain fullness of power. And one of the keys that brings us to that place is the surrendered life. And we have come to understand that a surrendered life is a life that is surrendered. It means that you have laid your will, your life before the Lord. Lord, I have no will of my own. Your will is my will. Your life is my life. The surrendered life is an abandoned life that has been placed in the hands of God. The surrendered life is the life that you have lost ownership and God has gained ownership. The surrendered life can also be seen as a crucified life. Paul the Apostle says in the book of Galatians 2 verse 20. He said, I am crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life that I now live. In the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the. Surrendered life is the crucified life. The surrendered life is living the life that is created in Christ Jesus. In simple terms, the surrendered life is not my will, but your will, O oh God. How many of us want to walk into that dimension? Now, that life yields certain benefits. And I think sometimes when you know the gain you have for a particular pain, you willfully engage it. Amen. And so we want to look at five benefits of the surrendered life. And uh, I pray that as we keep looking at it, the Lord will be opening your eyes to see greater things in there. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The first benefit of a surrendered life is what I have titled here knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of the truth. John 7 verse 17. John chapter 7 and verse 17. So when you and I live a surrendered life, one of the benefits we have is that we have 
access to the knowledge of the truth. The truth is taught us. We have access to truth. Truth is not just information. No. Truth is revelation. Revelation. Now, it says, if any man will do his will, that is God's will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Hallelujah. There are, there are many people that think that if the gospel can be explained better and is reasonable, people can grab it. But the thing about God is that and the truth is that it is not reasonable. Your senses cannot appreciate it. Amen. Your senses cannot appreciate it. It's not designed for your senses. The truth cannot be learned. The truth is caught. The truth cannot be learned. It's not, it's not an issue of sensual learning. The truth is revealed. In other words, for you to be able to appreciate truth, it must be because you are under the light of God. It is shown. It is shown. And when you are living a surrendered life, you come to a place where you, you can see truth. You can, you know it. Hallelujah. <laughs> there are people that have read books. You read and read and read and yet you are still far. Because it's not in the learning. It's when those books are brought under the subjection of God's light. That's how you can see the truth. Is somebody here with me? So, one key benefit is that you have access to truth. You encounter truth. 1 John 1 verse 5. Let's go there. 1 John 1 verse 5. 1 John 1 verse 5. Can you join me read? Let's go together. One to go. Now, if God is light and the surrendered life is losing ownership for God to gain ownership and God is light, then it means you have access to light. Do you get it? It's so important to know this. One day I was talking to a man of God who is so deep in God's word and I, I was asking, I said, sir, how do you study? <laughs> he smiled. He said, sir, it's the same Bible. I read the Bible like we all read it. I said, are you sure? Because we are reading the same, but uh, <laughs> what we are seeing is different. And I came to understand that it's a surrounded life. Amen. Why? Because this word is spirit. It's spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2 verse number 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Give me the amplifier. Let's see something there quickly. Amplified. Wow, this light is so in my eyes. But the natural 
non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him. He is incapable of knowing them, of progressive recognizing and understanding and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. That is why one time I mentioned here that the more prayerful you are, the easier you understand God's word. When you are dull in prayer, you can't understand and be able to put the word of God into your spirit. Amen. So when you are surrendered, something that the bishop taught me years ago, he said one way to multiply in revelation is to share it when you receive it. That's a surrendered life. You don't hoard information. You don't hoard it. And several times, I have, I have heard things come out of this mouth the head was not aware about. Amen. So when you live a surrendered life, you have access to knowledge. Knowledge. R.A. Torres says something. He says, the greatest truths, the truths of most significance for time and for eternity cannot be learned by mere investigation and study. They cannot be reasoned out. They must be seen. The only one who can see them is the one whose eye is cleared by absolute surrender to God. You want your eyes cleared to see God's truth. And remember, it's the truth that brings you dominance over the situations of life. It's the truth that empowers you. John chapter 10 verse 38 or 35. 35 he says that he called them gods unto whom that the word of God came. So what gives you a God status over challenges, over situations of life? What controls men? You control them. That is a God status. That status is only arrived at when the word of God comes to you. When the word comes to you. And when the word comes, it's revealed as truth. To the one that fears the Lord, the secret of the Lord belongs to. The secrets of God are in the bosom of those that fear the Lord. And a man can't fear the Lord without surrendering his own life to the Lord. Amen and amen. You find yourself in a situation and it's like there's no way out. And then all of a sudden, you are able to bring a way out. And it's like, how do you think it is an inspiration because you are surrendered? May you walk in that dimension. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when you live a surrendered life, it brings you to harmony with the truth. You become one with the truth. May you become one with the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Point number two, benefit number two of a surrendered life. It is the secret power of a prevailing prayer life. It is the power in prayer. One benefit is that you have power in prayer, prevailing prayer. You enjoy answered prayers. And the reason is because 
The prayers you are praying are not self-centered. They are not for self-gratification. They are for kingdom advancement. They please the Father. And so answers come immediately. Hallelujah. First John chapter number 3 verse 22. First John 3 verse 22. Let's have it. Thank you Jesus. The secret power of a prevailing prayer life. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing his sight. Of course, that is a surrendered life. Keeping the commandments of God. It means that you let go of your ways and you take on his ways. A surrendered life. What did he say? Whatsoever we ask, Apostle John is talking here. So whatsoever we ask, and it is true. In Acts chapter 3, when he and Peter met the man at the gate called Beautiful, and he says, such as I have, I give. In the name of Jesus, bam, there was an answer. What was the request? That the man receive strength in his bones and walk again. That his story will change. And when, he, when they lifted up that prayer or they decreed that counsel of God, God answered immediately. Why? Because in the heart of the apostles was the exaltation of Christ. They did not have any heart. Ah, let this guy be healed. So no, that, ah, we too we are anointed. No. That Christ may be magnified. That's what's in their heart. So when they told the man, rise up and walk, that thing could not keep the man down. If you want prevailing prayers, you want prayers that prevail, you must live a surrendered life. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm sure you're still with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 37 verse number 4. Psalm 37 4. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Now, when you are delighted in the Lord, it means your desires are in harmony with God's desires. So whatever you ask is the delight of God. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart because thy heart has been brought or thy desires have been brought under the desires of God. And so when you ask the Lord answers, that prayer will prevail. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus enjoyed this because remember that Jesus Christ is the, he's the perfect example of a surrendered life. And because of that life of Jesus, he always enjoyed answered prayers. In John 11 42. Let's go there. John 11 42. John chapter 11 verse number 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always. This was the time Jesus Christ stood before the tomb of Lazarus. And all he said is that I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Hallelujah. God was always delighted to hear the answer, the prayers of Jesus. He was always delighted. God was always excited. May God delight in your prayers. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Why was God delighted to answer the prayers of Christ? Because Christ lived a life of the will of the Father. 
John 6.38. Let's go there. John 6.38. John 6.38. John 6.38. Thank you, Lord. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of he that sent me. Now, if he came to do the will of he that sent him, then every prayer he prays is to fulfill that will. Therefore, God has no choice than to answer. Hallelujah. 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 In fact, in the book of John 4.34, Jesus Christ says, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. That's my food. The food that he eats is the will of him that sent me. In 1 Samuel chapter number 1 verse 11. 1 Samuel 1 11. At the beginning verses, we see a story about a woman called Hannah. And Elkanah was the husband. And she had a rival. And the Bible says that a rival had children. But Hannah did not have. And every day they went to Shiloh, Hannah will cry and pray. But one day, she decided to submit her personal desires to the desires of God. The Bible says in verse 11, it says that, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaiden, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaiden, but will give unto thine handmaiden a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. After this one, the prophet came and says, wipe your tears. Your prayers are answered. He had been, she had been coming for Shiloh every year, every year. Never had an answer. But the day she submitted her will, her desires before God, what happened? The answer came. And when the answer came, God gave her bonus. Maybe that prayer you're praying, there's something in it. Lord, let me marry too. Let me also, so they will know that me too, I have married some. Oh, my dear sister, can you change that prayer topic? Can your heart change a little bit? Can your heart change and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. That your name be glorified in my family. That they will see that it is you that has done it. And that it will draw their hearts to you. Lord, let me be honored and privileged to take care of one of your sons. And perhaps you'll be surprised that by tomorrow you have a proposal. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. So one benefit you get from a surrendered life is, is the secret power of prevailing prayers. Hallelujah to Jesus. Benefit number three, right? Overflowing joy. Overflowing joy. Overflowing joy. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are. Hmm. Every man will bow down and say you are king. Mm. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? 
we can praise you now in victory King of glory fill this place just want to be with you just want to be with you overflowing joy when you live a surrendered life you walk in overflowing joy not happiness, oh, joy. Happiness is a product of outward happenings. That's my definition. So when you write it, put there, um, Pastor Doctor Isaiah B. Fosukachi Jr. You will find it anywhere. That's my definition. Happiness is a product of outward happenings. But joy is a product of inward divine workings. Happiness, you're happy because something good has happened. But joy, you are, you are walking in some dimensions of excitement because God has done something within you can see. Before the hand will handle it, your heart has grabbed it. Joy. Joy overflow in my heart. Sing a new song to the Lord. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy overflow in my heart. Sing a new song. Praise God. He said the economy is crumbling. Joy overflow in my heart. There's no money in the pocket. Oh. A new song to the Lord. Da, 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 da. Joy overflows in my heart. Amen. John 15, 10 to 11. John 15, 10 to 11. Let's see a scripture there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I will praise your name. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. When you and I walk in a surrendered life, we live a surrendered life, a life that God is the owner, we are not the owners of that life, we walk in overflowing joy. That joy is so infectious. It affects people around you. <laughs> Glory to God. Habakkuk chapter number 3, verse number 17. Habakkuk 3, 17. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because you are, you, are, you, are, you are losing ownership and you are giving your life to the Lord entirely, I see the joy of God in you so mightily, so mightily. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of olives shall fail and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalks. Give me verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. This, so everything around the property, everything around is, is, is bad. But yet I'll rejoice for the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> it's a fruit of the spirit. It's a fruit of the spirit. 
And the only way the fruit of the spirit can find expression is only in a dead man. When the flesh is dead, when the flesh is gone, when your will is away, then the Holy Spirit, who is the source of this joy, finds expression. And like streams of water, mm, and the vision that Ezekiel saw, he saw waters gushing out of the threshold of the temple, and he walked in it, it measured at his ankle level, he went further in it, it was his knee level, he went further in it, and it was waist level. He went further in it, and it became a mighty river that he was swimming in. It did not end there. The Bible says, and that river went to the Dead Sea, and then there was business for everybody. The, the overflowing joy has, has a certain effect even upon your environment. That no one comes around you who is broken and, and tattered, leaves the same. There's an impartation that turns their lives around. Hallelujah. And, and the beauty about one of the blessings of the joy of the Lord is strength, all right? If you fail in a day of adversity because your strength is small. So the adversity is the same, but your strength was what was small. And so if your strength is intact, no matter how the adversity and what the adversity has to offer, you will deal with it because you have strength. But that strength is a product of the joy of the Lord. Number two. According to Isaiah chapter number 12, verse number 3, the Bible says, With joy shall you draw waters from the wells of salvation. In other words, joy is an important factor if you are going to enjoy the revelation of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise God. You can never encounter revelation in a moody atmosphere. You can't keep that kind of atmosphere and enjoy the flow of revelation. Hallelujah. So the third benefit of a surrendered life is what? Overflowing joy. Hallelujah to Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Number four. Number four. Manifest presence. Manifest presence. Manifest presence. God is omnipresent. It means that God is everywhere. I always like to use that expression. God is in the hotel. God is in the motel. God is in all the tales. God is in the ghetto. He's in the palace. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. But the devil is not omnipresent. He's just some very wonderful manager who knows what delegation authority is. And that's proper span of control. Both narrow and wide. Hallelujah. He is not everywhere at the same time. God, God, God helped us to know that about the devil in the book of Job. He said, Charlie, where are you coming from? He said, I'm going to and fro the earth. Hallelujah. To and fro the earth. So it simply means simple analogy. If he's at two, he's not at. And if he's at fro, so sometimes the thing that you said you did and that the devil is responsible, that day he was actually in Bahamas enjoying some fresh air. 
But the thing is that the Bible says that many are the affliction of the righteous man, but the Lord, even all, he has enough workforce. Oh, if he didn't have enough workforce and some crowd are idle, then Christ will not say that when a demon is casted out of a man's life, the demon goes round to dry places looking for another place to be. Then you come back and check his first estate. If he finds the place neat, kept, no one is there. Bible says he goes and brings seven more who are wicked. So there are still some demons who don't have work. Because if they were busy, you won't get seven. Makum makum seven. It's too much. For one work. Hallelujah. The devil has enough workforce. So there's one demon who wants to make sure you have constant headache. Down is, that's his job. That's his ministry. That's what he does. There's one demon that wants to make sure that every time you walk, you must fall down. That one is there. There's one. No, people of God, there are arrows. Those arrows are the orchestrations of the enemy. Through his well-organized system of demons and fallen angels. Because if the devil is not omnipresent, how come he's doing all these things? It's the workforce he has. Praise the name of you. Remember that he brought one third down. Hallelujah. Many are the afflicted righteous man, but the Lord delivers them from them all. If God were to open your eyes to see the orchestrations against you in a day, you will be more grateful to God than you've ever been. Most times we thank God for the deliverances our eyes saw. But the things that God delivers us from that we, it never happened. <laughs> it's amazing. Hallelujah. You're having your bath, you're whistling. There's one demon that says, I'll make sure the head will hit them. But no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Woo! You're driving on top speed, son of Jehu. Fulfilling your potentials, hallelujah. You're going 130, 150, and then you actually escaped an accident, but you do not even see it. God is so faithful that a thousand falls by your side and ten times by your side, and you only just oh, that was very normal. So God is everywhere. But there's something called the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is not the only presence of God. The manifest of God is the concentration of God's presence at a particular place provoked by a man of understanding. Is the concentration of God's presence in a place provoked by a man of understanding man of revelation. And the manifest presence of God is not goosebumps. Anytime God appears in a place, he leaves take away packages. You see healings. You see deliverances. It's not an assumption. The manifest presence of God is not a confession. It's a confirmation that God indeed is God. The manifest presence of God. The revealed presence of God. Bible says, and God put a fear on the enemies of Israel. 
Why? How did he do that? He did that by his manifestation. How did he manifest? Bible says he led them by day in a pillar of cloud and by night in a pillar of fire. Ooh, glory to God. They saw that the Red Sea parted. Jordan parted before them because of the manifest. Every manifest presence of God comes with God in, God in action. God is in action. Bible says concerning Joseph that Potiphar recognized that his business dealings were going well because of Joseph. He could tell that this was not my doing, but there's a presence, there's a unique attention from heaven on this guy. The manifest presence of God is God's attention on you. It's as if you're God's favorite. And so a surrendered life commands a divine attention. John 14 verse 21. John 14 21. Your goodness is running after is running after me. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. The manifest presence of God is not just because you prayed for 40 hours. But in the praying of 40 hours, was there the laying down of life for 40 hours? I will share a testimony with some brethren yesterday. A testimony I watched. It just happened recently at Witness Chapel International in Otter. A woman, seven year old or eight, the guy is in a seven or eight years old, son fell from a story building and landed on the concrete ground. His head got swollen twice the normal size. They rushed him to the hospital. Very serious situation. And one of the nights she was praying with a prayer bulletin of their 21 day fast, like we are doing that, some of you are not praying it. So while she was praying at 1 a.m., Jesus appeared in the room. Jesus asked her, Madam, what do you want? <laughs> As she was about answering, Jesus took the boy, stretched him, stretched him, dropped him, and disappeared. The doctor came in the morning, checked the boy, so he had discharged. The boy could not walk, so they had. Arranged for a physiotherapy session for the boy. Wednesday, one of the relatives was running towards the woman because she had gone out. He said, why? He said, the boy is running around. He's walking. He's running around. Now, this, the testimony is more than that. There's a fetish priest that lives close to their house. And in their house, they have such life fellowship. The fetish priest sent his son to join the such life fellowship. They joined. Much more than that, some Muslims live around. They have joined them. This kingdom is power. It's not too much talk. And Papa has declared that this all night there shall be an outpouring of graces and giftings. I don't know about you, but I'm coming tomorrow to receive those things. People might respond to Christ, not because I'm talking, but because he's showing himself. So you see, when the manifest presence of God comes, there's a proof to show. And when that proof comes, men can't deny it. Mm -mm, it's not plenty talk. 
He responded. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. I see God manifested in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Our praying life must lead us to more crucifixion. With more crucifixion, there will be countless encounters of God's presence in our lives. And when that happens, many are drawn into the faith. Is anybody a candidate of that move? I am, I am. Finally, final benefit. But let me, let me read something that R.A. Torres said in his book. He said, a, surrendered, a surrender of self to Christ brings Christ to us. A surrender of self to Christ brings Christ to us. Hallelujah. That's one thing that made Jesus Christ so unique from the Pharisees and Sadducees. So he taught as one with authority and power. Why? How God, Acts 10, 8, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good, healing them that were sick, casting them. What? Look at the last part there. He said, for God was with. Read it out for me. For God was with. That's the manifest presence. Ah, this is beautiful. So, God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power and then added himself to him. I see the anointing of God come upon your life. And much more, his manifest presence. Ooh, what a blessing. Finally, a surrendered life is the secret to receiving the Holy Spirit is the secret to receiving the Holy Spirit. Acts 5.32 Surrendered life or the surrendered will and life is the greatest secret of receiving the Holy Spirit. There's a dimension of outpouring of the Spirit of God that comes upon a man just because a person is surrendered to the Lord. Oh, ba, 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 ba. Peter speaking says, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God had given to them that obey him. That obey him obey him. So the secret to the point of the spirit of God upon a man's life is not just because you have prayed for long but whose life whose life is it? Is it your life or his life? If this life you are living is for him then know that he will not be stingy when it comes to the release of his power in our lives. Praise the name of Jesus. There are men that have prayed hours and fasted hours, fasted days. And all that they were asking for is power to do ministry. But all that God could give them was just thought.
because when God checked the heart condition, the heart condition is an old wine skin. If God should put the dimension of wine they are asking for, they will die before their time. So God will put a ton of flesh in them to delay them for that encounter. But when a man has totally abandoned himself on a daily basis, God renews you as a fresh wine skin. And then he can pour any dimension. Bible says Jesus Christ was with the Holy Spirit without measure. Without measure. If you are measuring how much God can take over your life, God will also measure how much of himself will give to you. If you measure how much of yourself you will give to God, God will also measure how much of himself he will give to you. If there's no measure to how much of yourself you give to God, God will also make sure there's no measure to how much of himself he gives to you. Rise to your feet. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Let's sing and pray. Lift your two hands and sing and pray.